People, you're listening to Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. Peace, peace. And I thought it was Soul Affirmations with Kariga and Felicia. I knew you'd say that. Because you'd be doing that. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome in either fold. Yes, welcome. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. We're back. We are back. Again. We are in, we are in stride. Yeah. We are affirming, we are being. Mm-hmm. Um, we are learning the power of. Uh, connectedness through telling of our story. Mm. We are learning the the power of you know community that it creates, creates a belongingness mm-hmm. that I'm glad we get to create with folks over the airwaves or yeah. however they receive story. Yeah, right. So I feel good to be back. Thank you, Ria, for bringing me forward. Mm-hmm. Um. This is this is a unique experience, um, but I but I believe in the power of storytelling now. I believe in the power of reference. I understand the power of connectedness and belongingness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and, and I also am just grateful to be able to do this with you. Mm-hmm. So we are we are here again, and this episode is an episode that kind of goes back. I know we went back in time. Mm-hmm. The last episode, we talked about how we met, you know, what our experiences have been like in the last 17 years. My God. Ooh. <laughs> and um, this one is a little bit more centered. Yeah. Centered on our experience of neonatal loss. Mm-hmm. And um, more central to maybe how you found us on Black Love. Mm, yeah. Before we even dive into it, I want to open us up with an affirmation. I think that sometimes these conversations, I don't know about you, Riga, I won't speak for you, but for me can be, I don't know how to define it, but it requires, it requires to me, it requires me to sit, be still and uh, be present. Okay. So I get that. Yeah. I'm going to read one of the affirmations that you wrote that I think is fitting in this moment for me. Okay. And that is today I will be patient with myself. The goal is to be present, not perfect. Wow. Today I'll be patient with myself. The goal is to be present, not perfect. Hmm. (laughs) Deep breath. Yeah. Hopefully you got a deep breath in with that. I like what that speaks to. for the journey, but also like what that speaks to me right now. Mm. So right now I am inviting myself to be present and more present than perfect under the premise that if I am present, what is true, the nuances of how I'm navigating this space right now will be exactly what someone needs as reference as they are navigating. Mm. But if I try to perfect the story, I might lose the detail and the color 
that make it real to someone who's looking for reference. Man, thank you for saying that. Sometimes they're not not looking for the rainbow of hope. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for the perfect arc of the story. They're looking to see who knows what it feels like to be in that space. Mm -hmm. And that's a very imperfect feeling. Mm -hmm. But my presence will let me access that. Mm -hmm. So that affirmation invites me to be present in this particular mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to really just let it rain true. All right. Mm. I don't have to perfect the story. It is. Mm. Thank so, you, babe. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank that you. That was a deep breath right there. <laughs> I celebrate and I acknowledge it. Yeah. I think about, yeah, it does take some working mm-hmm. to go back to the space. Yeah. Because what's happening today differently than has happened previously is, um, I can't speak for you, but I can speak from what I remember. I'll begin here. Today you're willing. Mm. That wasn't always the case. No. So I'd rather us start when it, at the point where we weren't willing, you weren't willing to tell the story the way we do today. Mm. Tell me about how you got to even coming to this story. What makes you share the story? Well, I think that um, it is important to note, even before I got to this point of storytelling and being able to tell the story, what 2019 looked like for us, right? That was the year our daughter was born, Kamayu. Kamayu, so. Yeah. And um, at the beginning of this year, I mean, of, of 2019, on January 26, I came downstairs, woke up that morning. Uh, sun was shining. Sure was. I don't remember the temperature, but it was warm enough for Korea to ask me to go for sprints. And I had been holding information that I was pregnant for about a week and a half. And being asked to go do some sprints with him, run some sprints with him on the day of his birthday was, it it couldn't happen. Right. (laughs) This is a non-negotiable here. So I said, all right, it was a hard no. Um, So I had to figure out, all right, well, I guess this is the moment I'm going to tell him now on his birthday early in the, well, not early. It wasn't early, but in the morning. And I, I actually got Korea a two jackets for his birthday a friend of ours he is a designer out here in Oakland and um he custom customized some jackets for Kariga for his birthday and I got a birthday button made for him oh Madal Futura yes and I got a birthday button made for Kariga that said baby daddy and I put the button on Kariga's new jacket Okay. Now I thought this is brilliant. I thought this was going to be, this is a wonderful idea. He's, he's going to see it. He's going to laugh. He's going to know exactly what I'm telling him. And I know they can see my face right now. I know they can see my face because the way you're telling the story that it's so sequential, it makes so much sense. And you it knew does. That I would get it, it makes so much sense to me. It was practically the opposite experience. <laughs> what we actually had. So context y'all, even before we go any further, Felicia just said we've been together 17 years. So at that point, it's about 15 years. And 
I know her handwriting. <laughs> I know what she calls me. I know everything about her. <laughs> She's never called me baby daddy. And the handwriting <laughs> that the pen was made, the first thing I thought was, did you recycle a gift bag? <laughs> Right. Because this isn't your handwriting and I don't even know what you're talking about. So that's actually where it starts. Me not having the slightest of clue what she's trying to tell me. I want to shout out my friend Craig who made this button for me. Okay. <laughs> Craigers, Craigery, Craig Meister, Craigology, all the names that I call him. <laughs> shout out to you for making this birthday button for me um, on such short notice. He he did it beautifully. It had glitter. It had everything on it. It was, it was, and it was big. It was, it was legible. You can read. It was perfect. It wasn't a small button. It was not a small button at all. But Kariga <laughs> opens the gift and he's like, oh, birthday button. And I'm like, birthday button? No, read the button. Baby daddy. <laughs> Who, who's it? <laughs> I'm trying. At this point, I am more interested in this fire jacket she just got me she got me a customized <laughs> jacket from a dow future and his work is beautiful and black and brilliant and that's what i was interested in this brand new jacket i just got and that button didn't make any sense man and and so kariga was like is this a joke and I, he, what does this mean and i'm like what you think it mean you know and he was like oh, okay and then he kind of like puts it down and, and that and that was like the end of it and i'm like hey hey so i had i'm recording him on my phone okay <laughs> you know like you're trying to capture the moment and the moment is not it's spectacular not, at not all working. <laughs> it, it is not it working is, it is whack and so i stopped <laughs> recording i'm like i can't even show anybody this like i can't post this I gotta see excuse this. <laughs> <laughs> i can't post it 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 is it, it's one of those memories so in your phone that you that you don't revisit often the, the, I love you ruined it. <laughs> yeah. But when the gravity of the moment hit me, I was most elated. Yeah. Kariga and I actually had to, after I stopped recording, um, Kariga and I actually had to go outside because I was like, dang, he's not even excited. What's up with that? And we sitting outside on the bench, having our, our little moment. And, and he explains to me like how he misunderstood. So it, at, at that point, I was like, okay, I, I had to accept his cognitive processing of how he got here. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we come back in the house and he is elated. That's side note. Two things I wanted to mention here. This is going to be a really great episode because I love where we are. That's one of the benefits I get from being married to the educational psychologist, right? <laughs> Dr. Felicia Gangloff Bailey. We do actually take time to understand how each other feel. And if we can explain the pathway of how we feel and what our thinking was, then it's there's no you can't judge the thinking. Right. You just have to sit with it until you understand it better. So that's one. (laughs) Two, something else you should know about me is if you send me a present, anything, I make time emotionally to open it. Felicia opens anything right away. (laughs) Every package, mine or her. It doesn't have to have her name on it. She's trying to open his mail today. She likes to open (laughs) everything yeah so the difference in our like the way we present or the way we experience i need time to process how i feel about what is happening i also know that about myself differently and better now than i did then (laughs) so we reconvene outside and it is beautiful and it's the magic and it's yeah it's everything that we dreamed 
of I dreamed of Felicia and I had at this point context, right? We've been together since we were 16 and 17. <laughs> so this is multiple cities, multiple degrees, right? Yeah. Challenges, growth, overcoming careers. Mm-hmm. And now we are approaching parenthood in Man. 2019. Man, how elated we were. I actually remember being in the kitchen and I finally like to see the joy that Kariga had. I finally was able to shed tears of joy myself. And it was like I had been holding it, waiting to tell him, waiting for this life that was coming to be celebrated. But also, if I can be honest, a little bit in fear that it could go either way. Right. Because I had friends recently at that, at that time who had just experienced miscarriages. So I was hypersensitive to any change. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm observing everything in my body. So to see Kariga with that joy, I felt like, okay, this child that's coming can be celebrated. I remember that feeling. I remember that moment. I remember Brittany coming downstairs like, what is going on? Cause it was so loud. Mm -hmm. That was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. That day, particularly, namely. Yeah. And then what was going to be happening in the rest of 2019, right? The mm -hmm. very next month we were uh, releasing our debut album, Soul Development, right? Yeah. Soul of Black Folk. That's right. So we had performances and media engagements. And it's so exciting because we know we're pregnant. And I'm looking at all these moments that we're living together as a family <laughs> in the Black experience. Yeah. Very very key and centered on black love yeah right even then the way that love manifested yeah for a community yeah so this year is happening in beautiful ways i like that you also noted the dropping of the album mm -hmm. and um the traveling that we had been doing i think i remember performing at apple in san francisco mm -hmm. and i remember going to new york and we we went to brooklyn yeah for um hybrid yep and we did uh the griot we yeah there. we did the griot that's right oh man we had an amazing experience and i remember this trip to new york very particularly because we were in a taxi on our way to the griot actually and i had this idea to ask lauren if she would pin a song for my gender reveal uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> and she <laughs> Of course, you know, Lauren is um, a member in Soul Development with us, and she's also a very close friend of ours, a sister to us. We went to Hampton together. Um, Lauren and I majored in music together. We go way, many, many years back. But um, Opened the school together. Yeah, opened the school together. Right. We're in Oakland together. I mean, we've, we've done a whole lot together. I know Lauren's writing capabilities. Lauren is a phenomenal writer. Her and Kariga wrote Helicopters, which is on the Soul of Black Folk. So if you have a moment, you should find it. And I mean, several other songs on the album. But aside from that, I knew Lauren's capabilities. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I asked her if she could pin a gender reveal song. And she told me, Fee, this is going to be the hardest song I've ever wrote, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. She was up to the challenge. And I learned that she wrote several versions of it. Yeah. Because she didn't know what the gender was. So she wrote a version for a boy. She wrote a version for a girl. And um, she wrote 
like more of a mellow version and then more of like a major upbeat version. And I guess she was uh, asking another member of our uh, group, Brittany Tanner, which one she should go with. And Brittany was like, nah, nah, you got to go with the crier, like the one that makes you cry. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was like, are you sure? You know, um, and Lauren is so phenomenal. I wish I had more words to describe the gratitude that I hold for her in writing this song mm-hmm. for me. And, and she did it. It looked like you want to say something. You look- well, I'm just realizing that like it was songwriting then, um, but it is story writing now. Yeah. And if she didn't pen that, we wouldn't have reference. The Man. Would not be able to connect to baby Bailey girl the way they yep. did. They wouldn't understand. Yeah. Even like, so the day of the party, this is like May mm-hmm. is when we, well, when you, I guess us made our social media announcement mm-hmm. that we were expecting. Mm-hmm. And it was like right before we went into the party. Right mm-hmm. now, this whole time, y'all, I've been thinking I was having a boy. I'm telling you, I <laughs> I knew I was having a boy. I had prepped myself for it. You know, all the old wives tales that they tell you about why you would be having a boy. I wasn't sick. So they're like, oh, yeah, you're not sick. You definitely have a boy. And some other things, but mm-hmm. everybody had projected it on me. And I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm having a boy. Now, I will give Kariga his credit. He always said it was a girl. Hey. He did. Hey. <laughs> but um, we we go to our, our party mm-hmm. and Lauren performs the song. And she told me that the song would either be in the key of B or in the key of G. And that she would be testing me. To know which one it was. And Levels. when the song started, I don't have perfect pitch. But when the song started, I was like, man, this feels a little G-ish. Like, <laughs> this feels a little like the key of G. <laughs> and um, oh, it's such a beautiful song. And you, you can find the song on our YouTube, as a matter of fact. Um, the full version of it. But So she sings and she pins what has now become, uh, I guess, her her nickname. You're having a baby, Bailey girl. Yep, that's how the song goes. That is how the chorus goes, and that's how we found out. And you can find this video of Kariga in just pure joy and excitement and me with a smile on my face that's, that's there, but... If you check my eyebrows, you might see that I was just a little disappointed that I'm having a girl. And um And I had the I had the the biggest joy, um, the deepest joy. Um mm. uh, I mean real life, like my fists were in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? they were. He was uh, so excited. And <laughs> the song was beautiful, the moment was beautiful. Um, my wife before me carrying uh, our child and the way I saw my responsibility to being able to raise a black girl in this world, mm. right? The way the world was shaping and changing. I knew that that was my, my marching orders and I was excited <laughs> about it. Thinking yeah. about who she could become. Yeah. Something that also happened in this same year, y'all, this is, this is just like a unbelievably packed year of growth and revelation and loss and becoming soul affirmations was actually that's right released that year 
It was. The book. We were writing it while we were. We were pregnant. While we were pregnant. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it comes to fruition, right? Shortly before Kamayu gets here. Mm-hmm. And so all these things are happening in the same year. And now, mind y'all, this is a 41-week pregnancy mm-hmm. of big joy. Pure. Purest joy. I mean, nutrition is balanced, wellness. <laughs> Exercise. Love, faith, like all these things are happening. It's it's an incredible year. Yeah. There's so much to share. You can just, you can find it for yourself for what that year felt like and looked like. And September. Man. Is there anything else you want to I, we, share I, about that year before? That wonderful, <sighs> distinctive day. Man, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm glad you rem- reminded me of soul affirmations because you know, it was written in this year and then also it was recorded in this year. That's right. It was recorded. Yeah. We had an opportunity to record while I was pregnant with mm-hmm. Kamayu, um, the affirmations for an audio experience. Mm-hmm. And so it was really special to be able to have one, the song, right? Two, the book. Three, now we have this audio version of the affirmations where you can hold, feel, sense the spirit of Kamayu, right? She was very much present in the year. Very much. So present. I just want to, this is, I just feel so good. What happens is we're reading for the book, the audio version, and our engineer and producer of the project, Damani Rhodes, is in there, and he's listening to everybody read, okay? (laughs) Felicia comes in and reads, and he's like, oh, that's it. Like, we don't need anything else. This voice <laughs> is the one. And we realize now that like, yes, Felicia has an amazing voice, but there was something so powerful <laughs> about that read as it was her and Kamayu yeah. reading those words. Um, so that's how we get to that experience. And I, I received that. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and she still blessed your vocal cords. You still nice with it. <laughs> okay. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, all of these wonderful things that were happening in the year 2019, I could go on and on in reflection just about the massive amount of joy that Korea and I had and what was even, I think, an, an increase in, in our love for one another and our understanding for one another. I even recall like as we were getting things ready and in shape for Kamayu to come, um, there were some uncertainties that we had, right, about, okay, where are we going to where are we going to grow our family? Um, where are we going to expand our home? And I think that this may happen um, across many families uh, when you are expecting a new member of your family, you're trying to like make room for them. Um, you have your idea of what that may look like, your expectations of how you thought it would be. And um, I remember that feeling of like, wow, things are really, really coming together. And it felt really good. Babies bring blessings. I've learned that across my friends. Babies really bring blessings. And Kamayu sure brought do. an abundance of blessings. And um, as we prepared for her arrival, I remember that feeling of, okay, this is, this is happening. 
I went into labor. What was that on the 28th? Mm-hmm. Um, not an not an active labor. <laughs> we we did some walking. <laughs> I went to the farmer's market, you know. <laughs> and um we were excited, like, okay, this this is it. You know, I I had been waiting for these moments. Yeah. I had been telling myself I was prepared for these moments, like how how this could go. You know, you try to actually mentally prepare yourself for what you're about to experience mm-hmm. and prepare your body as well. I had worked out the entire time in preparation. Like I convinced myself, like if I do these things, this is going to be one, two, three. Okay, I'm not going to be here all day with you. You're going to pop out and that's how it's going to go. Unlike that experience at all. Very much. I, um, I went into active labor on the 29th of September. And um, I had the support of my family with me. Mm-hmm. We had our mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a doula. Mm-hmm. I had a birth team. And we labored. And we labored. And we labored. <laughs> Truly. And um, I want to make sure, like, as I am processing that I am true to the story and and remembering it can be as time has passed since then and how I felt at the time may not reflect how I feel now. But I want to be honest and true for the concern of reference for someone who may be experiencing something like this or have had the experience. Yeah, I remember... I remember being in labor and I remember everything going according to plan, um, according to our plans, mm-hmm. according to what I thought I could control and hold. And um, Kamayu's heart rate dropped. Mm-hmm. I'm unsure why. Um, unclear as to the cause. We were rushed for an emergency cesarean. Now, at this point, this was not part of our birth plan. This was not the plan for me. Karig and I never discussed it. It just wasn't in the plan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what we discussed. We had no reason in all of our um, checkups and all of our ultrasounds. There yep. was nothing indicating mm-hmm. that we would have to have a cesarean, much less an emergency cesarean. There was just nothing that planned for that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I remember is um, our family being present and Felicia being rolled into the operating room. And we had been, I mean, I know her well. I know her deeply. So there was this eye contact that we expect to have with one another. And we had that eye contact. And what she read on my face was my discomfort in this not being part of the plan. Mm -hmm. I wasn't worried about her or baby's health. It was just the idea that we never discussed being separated from each other. Mm -hmm. And we had to be separated in that moment. Yeah. And that caused great discomfort for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, they quickly rolled me into the operating room. And I remember, I remember what that looked like. I remember, I remember my mom. I remember seeing your mother. 
um, the look on their faces of uncertainty. I remember feeling very sure. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching you and being separated. So here I am now, I'm rolled into the room. And um, I'm listening to every single person that's talking to me about what's going to happen. They were all so fast and efficient and clear. I have so much gratitude for how clear that they were. I understood everything that was getting ready to happen. And I said my last prayer. And I have, I have to say that I was in there alone with, with the team and I said my last prayer. And much like a movie, as best as I can paint the picture for you, <laughs> I remember seeing the anesthesia come over my face. And that was it. I remember that. I remember that. And I have bits and pieces of memories waking up. I remember being rolled into the room, waking up just a little bit briefly. I looked over and I saw Brittany. And I remember seeing tears in her eyes. And I couldn't understand why she was crying. I said, something, something's wrong. And then I, I don't have a memory after that. And then I have a brief memory of our doctor who kneeled down and told me how well I was doing. But that Kamayu didn't make it. She didn't say Kamayu because nobody knew her name yet. But she said our baby didn't make it. And so she asked me, did I understand what she was saying? And I said, yeah. I nodded my head, but I turned to Karita. And I asked him, I said, she's not breathing. And I had to. So this is about, I don't know, maybe like 19 minutes in between. I don't know, I can't remember, but there was a window of time where I found out and then I got to see Felicia. And uh, I looked myself in the mirror, just trying to figure out like we're from here. What is my role? What's my, what am I called to do? What words? None are sufficient, but what words do I use to tell my wife what just transpired? And there were no words descriptive enough. I know how sharp Felicia is, but because of the impact of the anesthesia, cognitively, you're not in the same mental state on top of this new reality, this new life of something you just, it was not ever planned, thought of, or experienced. Had no reference of it. Had no reference at that time of anybody. I knew having this full-term loss, I hadn't, it would just, we just, the pregnancy was so much joy and we were so healthy. There wasn't a complication in the entire pregnancy. So trying to get to this place where we're about to express that things aren't going anywhere as planned. And then having to explain to her again, 
because now as she is coming present with herself and her body, she has more questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the anesthesia really impacts your memory. I don't have a memory of Kariga telling me for the first time, which is what happened. I don't have that memory. Um, I have pictures in my phone where I don't remember those parts. I'm grateful for the documentation, but it pained me when I went through my phone to see it and not being able to have the memory. Mm. And um, man, that day, that day felt like I can't even explain the depth of that day. I had no account of a sunrise or a sunset. I just, when I woke up, I remember, I remember seeing family show up. Friends that I knew were just, they weren't here. They weren't here the night before. My family showed up. My friends showed up. I remember asking the whole, come you. And I remember actually saying to Kariga, did you tell them her name? Because we had held her name. <laughs> we had held her name, y'all, and decided that she would be the first to hear. Her name is Kamayu Soul Bailey, and it means silent warrior, one who loves relentlessly, tribe of Bailey, <laughs> source of light, tribe of Bailey. <laughs> and, um, a very special name indeed uh, we didn't really talk about how we got the name but I want to just briefly share we were trying to figure it out and while I was carrying I just I kept feeling the spirit of this baby and and largely the, the way that the baby felt the way she felt had me thinking that she was a boy I was mistaking her energy as something that was masculine mm. and she taught me she taught me something mm. <laughs> Uh, she she taught me something right then and there. And before even knowing if we were having a boy or a girl, I knew that this baby felt like very much to me like Kariga. Now, Kariga's name, and you can tell them what your name means, but it's Kenyan. Chosen for truth. And also rebel, rebel warrior. And I was telling Rika, I'm like, yo, this baby feels like you. This baby has your spirit, mm. but it's not, for lack of a better word, it's not loud. It's not banging. It's not aggressive. Um, it's very observant, very silent, very quiet-like. Mm. And I was telling Korea, I was looking for a name, and I came upon the name Kamau. And I was like, Kariga, I found a name. But it just doesn't, the sound of how you say it doesn't fit how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I said, Korea, he was like, well, what's the name? So I I said it. He's like, well, how is it spelled? So I spelled it for him. He said, I thought it was Kamayu. And when he said Kamayu, I cried. Literally. <laughs> and yep. I was like, that's the name. That is the name. And so this is how we got Kamayu. And we we put a modification on the spelling to fit her on how we thought, you know, this, this is who she is, but silent warrior, one who loves relentlessly our source of light, our, part of our tribe. <laughs> and so I asked Kariga, did he tell them her name? And, um, 
We shared her name. Family had been waiting. I don't even think I remember much even after that moment. It's bits and pieces. So fragmented. Yeah. It's so fragmented. I think it, even, even in that, that story of her carrying her birth, like that one day felt like a lifetime and it, and it began our lifetime differently forever mm. from that day. Yeah. It's like I walked in one version of myself mm-hmm. and left a totally a being that I would have to come to know. Mm-hmm. Like that was a trip. Imagine leaving and having to get to know yourself differently for different reasons than you expected. You know, what you expect is that I'm going to figure out how to carry this car seat and the groceries and all these other things. And, we left with a box of belongings and this new presentation of what our reality was going to be. And it took so much working, so much working, so much working to learn how to sit with who we were becoming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took us deep reminders and many of them to affirm that we were still parents, to learn that we were still her parents. This was an immediate revelation. This felt like days at sea until you learn that we are her parents infinitely. And in these inner workings and in this what I would call nothing felt together. It just felt like all these separate fragment pieces. Felicia and I, love was intact, but everything felt separate. Everything felt foreign. Mm -hmm. What is food? Hmm. What is, what is water? What is care? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like what are these things? Everything feels separate of me. I I want only one thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't even access the only thing that what I was supposed to be doing right now. So everything felt separate. Yeah. I remember this is all just the same day. Family, like I said, showed up. Close friends showed up. And I remember the hospital having the wisdom to put me in a room that was at the end of the hall. And this is so significant. They didn't separate me because of my circumstance, but because of my circumstance, Mm -hmm. right? I was given room to do whatever it was that I needed. I did not have to adhere to any type of visitor restrictions. I didn't have to adhere to any noise levels. I could be exactly who I was in those moments and my family could be present with me and hold me. And I found that to be so very special. And in this particular day, the very first day, it was so special. And I tell you this because the family that showed up, they had an opportunity to see Kamayu, to hold Kamayu and to allow Kamayu into their world. And that was so very important for me. I didn't know it then, but it was very important for me as I continued my journey in understanding who I was and defining my motherhood, Mm. she was not absent from my loved ones. 
Mm-hmm. They had an opportunity to see and hold and invite her in. Mm-hmm. And um, how special that was for me later when I understood that, that she was a part of this family. So, so wow. And that, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, that was that first day. Just the day. That was that first day. I remember everyone leaving Kariga and I stayed and we held each other. Kariga and I have a history of sharing a hospital bed. <laughs> we shared that bed. Man, it was. Can you imagine it? I, I, no, God. <laughs> no, I cannot. Don't put me. <laughs> we did, though. I, um, the laughter that you hear now is also evidence of this unique laughter that was also present that day. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of my work to understand how complex grief is mm-hmm. and how many things can be coexisting at once while grief is happening. Man. Uh, because when I understood that grief isn't only sadness, right? Mm-hmm. But it is it is our hopes, mm-hmm. our dreams, mm-hmm. our expectations. Mm-hmm. It is grief is love mm-hmm. it's yes it's it's the love that comes after a loss but you don't lose the love Man. and this past year has been dedicated to nothing more than finding where the love is and all the nuances of everything else yeah that's all we could focus on mm-hmm. there was no one in this world no mama no daddy no one could save us. Hmm. No one could change it. No one can make it stop. Mm-hmm. No one. Love was the only thing, the only thing that could hold us while experiencing a loss that loses all reference. Mm. There's not much to go to. So that why that is why our emphasis on love is the way it is. It's not just rhetoric. It was the only thing that could hold us mm-hmm. in those moments. And I have since dedicated my life to making room and helping to create the conditions so we can all alleviate our suffering and love more abundantly mm-hmm. so that we don't invisibilize our grieving members of our community. Mm. Grieving people aren't sick people. Nope. Something there, there's not actually something wrong with them. Grief isn't we we dislike it as unfavorable, but there isn't something inherently wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It is present. It's a, it is ever. It is it's ever. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> no, I, and I appreciate how in I. And how I'm trying to make sure I'm I'm giving a chronological recollection of this, that you're able to pull in those parts of the processing that later come. I start to think about, you know, now after I've had the baby, my body is still responding as if I had a baby. And so the nuances of that, uh, that I, I had to hold in trying to understand who I am, what this is now going to be just because I remember it's like okay I had Kamaya but she's not here oh I'm still having to lactate right Mm. oh my body still has to heal the exact same way 
Mm. And it was all of these reminders that she wasn't physically with me. And that was a part of my grieving, right? That's what shows up in the grieving process for me. I have to interface with these reminders and wrestle with, am I still a mother or not, even though I'm not holding her? But I I don't want to go too fast and not acknowledge some of the scenarios, some of the things that happened that helped me understand more about yeah. who I was. Yeah. And um, like I mentioned, you know, everyone that was there that first day had an opportunity to allow Kamayu into their world, see her, feel her, touch her, smell her, know her. And then the next day we had an opportunity. Was it the next day or the day after? I, th- I feel like it, maybe it was day three. The, the third day. At an attendant, the director, actually, from the morgue, comes upstairs and she asked me to sign a paper to allow Kamayu to go to the funeral home. Now, I'm thinking that I had already done this, but I found out that I didn't. And so she said, yeah, I just want, you know, she comes up, she, she bears her condolences for us. And then she asked me, well, would you like to see her? And so I'm like, yeah, I want to see her. So Kariga rolls me down and we get to have more moments of bonding with our child to see her face, to touch her, to know how she feels in our arms, mm-hmm. to to even clean her up, right? Like mm-hmm. to just it, the intimate time that you spend with your baby on those first couple of days. And it was so special that she allowed us to do this even just by ourselves. Um, there was no time restriction as long as we wanted to. I signed the papers she gives us a call later that night. She says the funeral home's not coming until another day. Would you like to come back, y'all? And it was now at this moment, absolutely, I'm coming back. But, oh, my goodness, Kariga, we can take pictures, family photos. Wow. All because of this woman. All because of this woman. And here's how I want to speak to the power of um, making room. It doesn't matter what who you are. Your title's about making room for the grieving members of your community. We all can do something. We all can make room. We mm-hmm. all can make love present. You don't have to be the director. Have this understanding, y'all. This is a black woman from East Oakland <laughs> who's experienced a number of losses in her personal life. I remember talking to her and learning more about her, and this was happening in her personal life. And she was so deeply moved at the type of love Felicia and I uh, displayed for one another and displayed for our daughter. And she talked about never seeing anything like this. So there was like a a ministry of love even happening in that moment Mm -hmm. because I knew who I was dealing with. She wasn't the the head of the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. If you know anything about hospital and and, and hierarchies, right? Especially the morgues in the basement, right? Here she comes up to come see us and to come serve and make room for us. And this is how we got to begin telling yeah. that story. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Adrian. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Um, in another conversation, I'll, I'll talk to you about some of the creatives that helped us tell our story and, and some of the conversations that I had years later with them about not even really understanding what their undertaking was. Mm. It's a photographer who does not specialize in photography 
you know, with that highlights neonatal loss. He's never taken a picture of a baby who is not present spiritually in that way. He's never done that. Mm -hmm. And I called up a friend, Mm -hmm. not even realizing what I really was asking, Mm -hmm. but he did it so beautifully and surrendered the best of himself to this Mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. And this is how the world got to hear and see some of our story. Mm -hmm. This is how Kamayu was invisibilized. Yes. She wasn't disappeared or dismembered. Yep. Right. She didn't stay away in the refrigerator away from us. Yeah. She spent time with us. We came back. Yeah. Felicia took a picture of uh, us down there, Kamayu and I on day one. And that picture inspired us to call our friend because I wanted Felicia to have a picture like the one she took of me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when Kalu came and braided my hair. <laughs> her friend, yeah, came and it was just all this gentleness. Mm-hmm. And we'll, so get, much. we'll get into some more of that as well. The thing is, yeah, this like this story it doesn't stop because it actually is the story we're living yeah right it's so it's it's hard to sequence it Mm -hmm. because i'm telling you about something that i'm currently in just not at this current moment yeah this isn't a historic reference Mm -hmm. this is still very much present to how we show up in the world today still trying to learn what it means to be angel parents Mm -hmm. still learning what it means that we are her parents infinitely Mm -hmm. still understanding what the body goes through. Yeah. Right. And how the body holds these memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember Felicia's lactating. I remember the pumping of the milk. I remember Felicia having this, can't explain it, but um, it was her choice and her practice, if I may, mm-hmm. to donate her breast milk. Mm hmm. So here she was pumping regularly for a child that is no longer in our arms to provide nutrients and supplemental nutrients to families who are in need mm. and babies who are here. It was one of the most complex giving and becoming I've ever seen. I remember that. Mm. And I don't think I've ever took the time to understand my processing of why, but I felt this strong need to do it. I felt like I was doing it for Kamayu, if if I could be honest. And it felt like this is this is what she would want. But not in this kind of overcomer narrative. It was no, literally, like, there are, there are families out there who are experiencing different types of grief, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where things are not going as expected mm-hmm. and their, their child has needs and I have something that I can offer. I understand the grief. So I, I, I lent myself in that way and understanding the, the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. The hopes and, you know, yeah, and then we came home, right? And and now it's this reframing of who we thought we were going to be, how we thought we were going to come home. Kariga mentioned he had to walk it. He walked out first for me, and then he came back and he got me. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I remember pulling in. I remember seeing a familiar face and and just feeling like they cannot see me. I'm not ready to be seen as this person that I am becoming. And I was afraid. Transparently, I was embarrassed. I had not sorted through all of the emotions that come with grief. And, um, yeah. We only figured out how to do it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We hadn't figured out how to face the world. Yeah. We hadn't figured out how to walk uh, up our driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, not visibly pregnant, but not with baby in tow. Yep. We haven't figured out how to interact with the world around us that saw us going walks and all those other things. We haven't figured that part out yet. Mm-hmm. And to be quite frank, we are still figuring out this part. <laughs> so we're just grateful that you are here with us as we are making reference for what it looks like to try to figure it out mm-hmm. to make ourselves available for that growth but we don't know how it goes right mm-hmm. we are just in it and we thank you all for being in it with us we thank you for the many ways you showed your gentleness and your love for us we thank you for making room in your hearts for our stories and for the stories of so many others you guys have really just been beautiful in new ways and it's my deepest desire that all of us know this type of beauty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That all of us know this type of, this type of grace, but it, it takes a long time to sometimes on time still can take a little while. Mm. It's the best way I can describe it. So I'm going to pull another affirmation mm-hmm. uh, to center us as we close out. Okay. And it reads, I am where I need to be. And I am who I need to be in this very moment. The answers I am looking for are already within. I am where I need to be and I am who I need to be in this very moment. The answers I am looking for are already within. It's surely inside of us. The practice becomes finding paths inward. If the answers are already within, how do we get to them? Mm -hmm. What ancient memory, what wisdom does our body hold to help us get back into that? What is put inside of us, Mm -hmm. the promise that's already there. Mm -hmm. So I am who I need to be and where I need to be in this very moment. Uh, And when I practice being present and not perfect, (laughs) it helps me take path inward. I can't say thank you enough, Felicia, for your profound courage and your love and your willingness to share with the world and me right before my eyes. I admire you deeply. I have a deep respect for what your journey has been. Different than anybody in the world who watches or hears this story, no one else has come Ayu's mother. And I have a deep level of respect for where you sit on this experience. Thank you, babe. I am... I look forward to continuing this journey with you in uh, processing and sharing our process as reference. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Affirmations with Kariga and Felicia. Nah, it's Soul Affirmations (laughs) with Felicia and Kariga. I guess it's Felicia and Kariga today. I feel like I did a lot of sharing. (laughs) If you like what you heard, if you are interested in learning more about our story we ask that you 
Um, Rate, review, and subscribe. Show us some love and subscribe. We thank you for just holding space for our story. Uh, We look forward to continuing this journey with you all and sharing as reference. May we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace.